Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Now this morning, I'm actually quite excited to, to start something new this morning. Um, and I'm going to speak about this topic for three weeks. And I'm not, it's, 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 it's not always, it's not also a way to get you a church, but it's something that I want to do in three weeks, and you're going to understand now why I'm going to do it. But first, let me ask you a question as I'm starting with this sermon this morning. Have you ever noticed that there are many questions in life that is really difficult to answer? Think about it. Have you ever thought about, we say, oh, my alarm clock went off, when in fact it, it, it's actually coming on? <laughs> So think about it. Why? How about, oh, I slept through the night like a baby. When a baby never sleeps through the night, it wakes up every two hours. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> or, or, or maybe I, I, read, I read an article this week of, um, of the rule book, the army rule book, of, of Amer the American army rule book. Now, I didn't read the rule book. I just read one of those things. And it says, they've got a rule that says 10 pegs need to be orange. So that you can see it in all weather condition. Makes sense, doesn't it? And then the next line is it. Then the next rule. Make sure that you nail that tent peg in, into the ground till you can't see it anymore. <laughs> why? You see, why is the question? We've got a lot of why questions in our lives. Why? Why, 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 why? It's like I've, I've had this question this week. My, my, my driver's license expired. And I thought, and I was standing in a row and I thought... Why couldn't South Africa, like any other country in the world, just put your ID card and your driver's license on one card? <laughs> why? <laughs> why, why, why? There's so many why questions in our lives and what we do. But see, these questions, all of it is notable issues, but nothing is done in regarding to it. Nothing is. Now, we all have some questions, some questions like this before, isn't it? Yes, we do. All of us. Why is this like this? Why is it not easier like that? As I'm going along and the sun gets hectic, you're welcome to move, okay? I just want to throw it out there. I can move as well. Now, today I want to start with a sermon series. Call it a series. Call it a couple of sermons. And I'm going to call it Why God? Why God? Have you ever asked that question to the Lord? Lord, why? Why have you done this? Why is this happening? Lord, Afghanistan, why is this happening? Lord, the pandemic, COVID-19, why is this happening? Lord, this person that I really loved passed away. Why is this happening? Any of you had some why questions in your life? All of us had. Now I'm going to base this series and I'm going to look at the book of Habakkuk or Habakkuk or Habakkuk. Whatever you want to pronounce it, how you, I don't know, American, the Americans usually pronounce it weird, but in South Africa it's Habakkuk or Habakkuk or whatever, from English to Afrikaans, whatever, it's a book. And some of you thought, wow, is there a book like that in the Bible? <laughs> or maybe it's like, yeah, I know about the book, but I've always glanced through it or, or maybe just read through it quickly or just, I just pass it. Now, I want to look at this book called Habakkuk through this next three weeks. And I believe Truly, that there is something significant in us, or in this book, for us for now. It is a now word for the church. I think it's a now word for each and every one of us. Because that's exactly what Habakkuk did. He had a why. 
He had a why to the Lord. He, he had a why moment before God. <laughs> now Habakkuk was a very serious, he had a very serious and a very heavy question that he asked God. And this was the question. He wanted to know, God, why don't you seem fair? Why don't you seem fair when things are going rough? You do nothing. Have you ever felt like that? Lord, all these things are happening and you don't do anything. Come on, let's just be honest this morning. See, maybe you've asked this before in your life. Lord, why isn't things fair in my life? Why am I going through what I'm going now? Why am I going through this? In fact, Habakkuk started chapter 1 with a heavy question. He wanted to know, Lord, how long, O Lord, must I call for help and you do not listen? Verse 2, Habakkuk 1. He said, violence is everywhere, Lord, but you do not come to save. Why? Then he said, must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all the misery? Why, why, why? Why, Lord? Lord, why do you tolerate all these wrong things? Why? Now, if I fast forward from the Old Testament with Habakkuk, what Habakkuk went through, and we're going to look at it now, and we fast forward to today, and you know, people are still asking the same questions all the time. Lord, why is it that evil people seem to prosper more than good people? Why? Don't worry about those people. Why do sinners live till day 102 and the great Christian father dies at 42 with cancer? Why? Lord, why do we trace to, uh, we as parents try to raise our kids in a godly manner? We do everything and our kids turn out not like we thought they would. And then the people, the parents who never spend time with their kids, they never involved in their kids' life, they turn fantastically out, out fantastically. Or maybe you come to and say, Lord, I do everything your word says about finances. I give, I, I sow, I do everything. But I'm never being blessed. And then someone else who never gives, who never blesses, who never do use, use godly principles in their finances, they are blessed abundantly. Why? Ever felt like that? Or maybe you come and say, Lord, how can someone else praise and things happen immediately and when I pray, nothing happens. Why? God, God, why am I sick? God, why am I having depression? God, why did I lose that someone that I love? Why? Am I speaking to anyone here this morning? Now maybe we can ask, why was Habakkuk, a man of faith, a prophet, why was he asking such tough questions to God? Or maybe I should have, can we actually as Christians ask such tough questions to God? Can we? No. See, Habakkuk lived in Jerusalem. He was a prophet and, and, and many evil things and unrighteous things started happening around him. A lot. The nation of Israel went seriously corrupt. Evil and corrupt. Very quickly. And it was a very tough season for him because it didn't line up with what he believed. He didn't. Now, how many of us can relate to that today? You look around us, and the world is getting more evil. 
It is getting tougher out there. Now, before we go on, let me give you quickly a quick context of this book of Habakkuk. Is it right? Just to give us a broad understanding. Now, Habakkuk was one of the 12 minor prophets. Now, there was 12 minor prophets. That means there was 12 minor little books, smaller books in the Old Testament that's called minor prophets. Elijah and all those guys was the major prophets, but there was 12 minor prophets. Now, of, of these 12 books or 12 minor prophets, Habakkuk was probably the one that, w- that we knew less than the least about. But what we do know is that Habakkuk was a Levite. And you know that Levites, Levites was the, 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 the part of the tribe that was, that was separated for church work. They were the ministers, they were the priests, they were the Pharisees and Sadducees who grew into that. But, but Habakkuk was a, was a Levite. And but what we know is he was qualified to do, to do temple worship. And he was a worshiper. That was, that was his thing. And as he became, later on, he became a priest, and later he became from priest, he became a prophet. And uh, the, the job of a prophet in that time was that they go and hear from God, and they come and they tell the people what God is saying. They were the medium between God and men. That's how it worked. That's how prophets functioned in that time. And still today, we say what God is saying, and we, we relate that. But nowadays, everybody needs to hear God's voice. We are trained. We believe that. And, and there's so many of us with prophetic callings. But in that day, they had, they had one or two prophets that prophesied over the nation. They came and they ruled. They didn't have a king. They had prophets. Now, the book was written in a year 600 years before Christ. 600 B.C. This book was written. 600 B.C. And there was a time and a period where God's people, the Jacob people, the people that was in, I mean, all the, they become very corrupt. Very corrupt and evil. There was violence. People were, were backstabbing each other. It was incredible. You see, there was violence. There was corruption. There was all sorts of fights. There was a lot of, a lot of ungodliness in that, sti- in that stage. And a lot like the world today we live in. <laughs> Think about it. It's a lot like the world we live in today. People kill, steal, destroy each other, backstab each other. And God came... And he said to the prophet, he said, these people that I love have become increasingly wicked. Increasingly wicked. And then he said, he said, for your own good, I will punish them. <laughs> for your own good, I will punish them. Now, now, what we need to understand is I'm going to take a far worse nation. This is what God said to you. I mean, think about it. He says, I'm going to take a far worse nation than Israel at this moment. And I'm going to use them to destroy you. That's not a fun word to get. Eh? That's not a fun word to get. And Habakkuk goes, huh? No, 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 no. Wait, 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 God. I mean, I don't like this word. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the people will like this word. I'm not going to tell them that. And God says, well, that's what I'm going to do. Now, in this book of Habakkuk, we see, we see the following. We see, firstly, if you, if you were here last week, the name Habakkuk means the following. It means to embrace or to wrestle. Remember that. Very important. The name Habakkuk means to embrace or to wrestle. Now in this book of Habakkuk, we see Habakkuk wrestle with God. But then at the end, embrace God. Embrace Him in a very difficult time of his life and in that nation. He embraced God. So let's dive into the book. Are you ready? 
Habakkuk 1 verse 1. I already gave you verse 2. But 1 verse 1 starts with a very interesting way. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, but I'm going to jump between the New King James and the NIV, uh, the NLT, so you can jump if you have got the U version on your phone. So verse 1 says, this is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. But, but if you go to the New King James Version, it says, the burden, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. The burden. Now, this is, this is quite amazing. See, God gave the prophet Habakkuk a burdensome message. A burdensome message. Have you ever been burdened by a message? Really burdened. It's just, you were burdened by this thing. And God gave him a burdensome message. He said, so Habakkuk got this message and he said, God, I don't want to tell them this. I don't want to tell these people this. They're not going to like this. <laughs> How many of you would like to give someone uh, a prophetic word that we don't do nowadays? We don't prophesy life or death, but you comes like, listen, you are wicked, so I'm going to send that more wicked people to destroy you. <laughs> I mean, that's quite weird. Now, Habakkuk was the only one of the 12, 12 minor prophets. If you look at all these 12 minor prophets, Nahum and all those quite little books in the Old Testament, he was the only prophet of the minor prophets who pushed back and wrestled with God. He said, I, I don't want to hear this. You need to change your mind. I don't want to do this. He was the only one. So much so, look in verse 2 to 5, and I'm going to read Habakkuk 1, verse 2 to 5. I mean, he doesn't hold back. Look what he says to the Lord. He says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come and save me. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. Now, while I'm reading this, I want you to picture the world we're living in. Think about the things that's happening all around the world. What are we facing in our country? Then he says, I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumbers the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Sounds familiar? It's incredible, isn't it? Now if you look at these few verses, Habakkuk had three major issues with God. Now I'm going to give it to you quickly. Are you ready? Number one, he said, God, you don't seem to care. <laughs> you, don't, you just don't seem to care. He said, God, there's so many bad things happening around me. You don't, you don't seem fair. And God, I don't know if you actually care about me. I don't, think if you, I, don't know, I, I don't think you care about us as a nation. So number one, God, you don't seem to care. Number two, he says, God, you don't do anything, although you can change everything. You don't do anything. Now, there's some respect in this one. <laughs> See, he says, God, I know you can do this. I know you can do anything in this world. Nothing is impossible for you, my Father. So why don't you? Why don't you just do something? You see, God, he says, if I were in your shoes, I would definitely do something. <laughs> now, number three, and then he said, what you are doing doesn't seem fair. So number one, he says, God, you just don't seem to care. Number two, God, you don't do anything. Number three, Lord, what you are doing seems unfair. It's not fair. Why are you doing this? Now, in other words, Habakkuk is saying, he said, God, 
if I were in your shoes, I would do things totally different. <laughs> now, let's be honest quickly this morning. How many of you maybe had a thought like that in the past? Come on, let's, I mean, Lord, Lord if I were you, I would have done this. If I were you, I would have saved these people. I would have destroyed those. I would have destroyed the wicked and saved the good. Come on. Now, my first thought was, how can someone question God like that? Oh, my goodness. How can anyone do that? How can we question God like that? The God, the greater of the heaven and earth. Would you walk into your boss's office and tell him, why? Listen, tell me now, everything you're doing, you are evil. Why? You don't care. You don't, you're not fair. How many of you would do that to your boss? <laughs> he was like, tata, see? Good to know you. Good to work. go and find another job. But still, we do this with God. And I thought, how can anyone do this to our father? But you know what? If you go and look at the Bible, and you go through the Old, the New Testament, all the books in the Bible, people have been doing this for ages. They've been doing this for ages. Go and look at Psalms. David said, my father, where are you? Why, have you? Why are you not saving me? Why are you? I'm sitting in this cave, and you're not here. People have been moaning, complaining, and asking why for, for years and years and years through the Bible text. Even Jesus hanging on the cross, and God's Spirit leaves him. First thing, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Now, to be honest, I think so many people are afraid to bring very sincere questions to God nowadays. Just go and sit with Him and become vulnerable and ask Him, why? Lord, I am offended with this. Why are you doing this? You see, sometimes a very important part of our faith journey would be, to be, would be taking questions, honest, loving questions to God out of your heart. It's a part of our faith journey. So, so, so here's where a lot of people are. Now I'm going to explain something to you this morning, and I, wanna, I want you, to, I want you to, to imagine this. If I had a, a PowerPoint this morning, I will show you a graph. So you know a graph will start, start like this, and then the graph will go like this in the middle. Am I with you? So it's a graph, and I'm going to explain to you where we, most of us have, as Christians, go through our spiritual walk, our growth, our journey with the Father. Are you ready? But before I say this, I want you to know that, that when, or, or what you do, when, what, sorry, let me, let me just read what I wrote here, because I, I want you to, to hear this before I explain this graph to you. What do you do when, when you see with your eyes or what you see with your eyes is so much different than what you believe in your heart? What do you do then? When what you see with your eyes is so much different than what I actually believed in my heart. Why, Lord, this, this turned out way different than I thought. Now let me explain this to you. This is our graph. This is the one axis and the other axis. And we start here way in a corner where everybody starts. You don't know God. You don't know Him. You're not saved. You, you journey through life and you, you're seeking purpose, but you're never there. But then suddenly you meet God. Oh my goodness. And the Holy Spirit comes and have an impact in your life. And you start growing. Now here's our access. Here you, you start growing. Oh my goodness. Lord, I pray and some, something happens immediately. It's amazing. 
oh, whoa, I find church. And I actually go to church, and every time I go to church, they preach exactly for me, just for me. <laughs> oh, I'm growing. Oh, whoa, I get into my car, and my song is playing. Oh, God, you must love me. Oh, this is amazing. You are on a spiritual high. Oh, my goodness. It is so amazing. You're flying high. You met Christ. Your friends come to you and say, Ben, who are you? Who are you? I mean, you are so, so you change. So, yeah, I met Jesus. The Holy Spirit is working in my life. And then suddenly, until one day you come to church, ooh, and they don't preach your message. It, it wasn't really for you this morning. Ooh. And then I get into my car. Oh, and my song is not playing. Oh, Lord, what's up with that? Oh, Lord, I pray. And the thing I prayed for, things are not happening immediately. Oh, my goodness. And then, Lord, suddenly I miss, I, I lose someone that I really loved and I prayed and I trusted you. And as soon as you get yourself, you're in a dip. You're in a dip. You're at the spiritual high and you're suddenly in this dip and you're going down and you're asking questions. And you know where you are? When you go down that dip, you are in a crisis of belief. You are in this crisis of, Lord, what do I actually believe? You see, Lord, I thought you were real. You were kind. You were loving. But now, based on what I see, it is very different than what I thought. And you're in a turning point. You're in a crisis. And, you know, so many people have two reactions from, I grew spiritually. Oh, it's amazing. And then suddenly, oh my goodness, things are not going my way. When you're in that downward curve and you're in that dip, so most people take two ways of deciding what they do. Some people in this dip, they make if nothing happens. They just, um, what's the right word I'm looking for? They just, um, what is that word? They almost deny. That's what. They deny reality. Uh, this is not really happening. I'm just going to speak life and word. I don't know. People are dying around me, but I'm just going to um, deny it, you know. And, and it's a very dangerous place to stay at because you're in that dip and you stay there because you deny you there. The other side of the coin is people decide, well, if this is what's happening with Christianity, I'm just going to go all the way back because this church and God thing is not working. I'm just going to leave it. So there's two ways of happening. And people either stagnate in, oh, God, this God thing is not working for me. I'm just going uh, to just go through, ease through it. And maybe it will one day go better. I'm going to deny everything that's happening around me. Or I'm just going to go back to who I was, not serving God, not loving, just not going to church because it's not working for me. But you know, there's a third option. There's a third option, but this road is more difficult. It's sometimes more painful. It is frustrating to get through that dip and trust God to get out of it. Now, when you get out of that dip, it is beyond your expectation of what God, where you think what God can do in your life. See, this road might be more tough, more painful, more frustrating, but if you continue to stick with God in this moment, this downward curve, if you continue to stick with Him, He's going to take your faith to places of intimacy and security that you've never dreamed possible. That places where you think, wow, that guy or that girl seems so happy in Christ. How can I get there? It's by sticking through that moments of tough, tough growth, facing this tough thing. See, in fact, every godly man or woman that I know 
All of them. They didn't get there to the highest of highs in their Christianity by just easing through everything that's just happening. No, no, they went through serious dips in their Christian, Christian walk. They went through serious dips in their walk with Christ. They went through serious questions that they asked God and said, Lord, if all this has happened, why, 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 why all this? I'm going through this turmoil, this pain. But listen to what the word says, James 1. James 1 verse 2 to 4. I'm reading from NLT, and you can go and read it later on. You know exactly, you, this is a very familiar scripture. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when, when your faith is tested, Lord, I'm praying, now nothing is happening. I'm coming to church, and the sermon doesn't really speak to me. Your endurance has a chance to grow. So when you faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now listen to this. God may lovingly allow us to go through seasons of doubt, of questioning, of fear, of insecurities, of unanswered questions. Because he'll do something in you in no other way. Sometimes he has to take you through the valley to get you to the mountaintop. And there's so many people at this stage in a valley. In, the, in that valley, man. I remember when I went into ministry, I was a professional runner, for those of you who don't know. So I had a very, very successful 10-year, 12-year career of running all over Europe. And I was top 20 in the world rankings in my, my particular event for a number of years. I was sponsored by Nike. I was, I mean, I was up there. I was living the life. And, uh, and suddenly God came and interrupted everything and he placed me into ministry. And I was really excited to go into ministry because uh, while I was in my last two, three years of running, God gave me, um, well, I helped start it in championing a, a ministry actually called Champions for Christ for sportsmen and women. And I had a connect groups or Bible study groups in my living room with 30 professional rugby guys. And I mean, I was just, God was just doing something amazing. So I decided to go into ministry. And I thought, Lord, this is it, man. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to preach from bigger stages. It's going to be amazing, man. This is going to be awesome. And my first day at the office, <laughs> I went there. And the young pastor I was working under, I discipled him when he was a student. I went running. He went into ministry. He became a pastor. So when I went in, I had to submit underneath a young guy that I discipled. And uh, the first day I got there, he said, okay, what are I going to do? I want to preach at campus. Are we going to pray for people? Let's go and save the whole camp. He said, no, no. You see that stack of posters lying there? I want it up on campus. There you go. There's the press stick. Go. I was like, what? Okay. I ended up putting posters on campus for three months. Three months. I wasn't allowed to speak, although the pastor was from Namibia. He couldn't speak a word of English. He struggled, and we started English services. I just came from London. I mean, my English is pumping. I mean, I'm in it, like, and I'm sitting there. It's like, why, why do they let him preach? I'm much better in English. I can preach. And I had to sit there, and God just taking me through the valley because he knew there's no other way that he can kill Henny so that he can come alive. There's no other way. And I started asking questions. Lord, why are you doing this? 
man, I've given everything up. I could have been in Europe at the moment. I could travel. I can do this. I mean, I could do it. There was a lot of why, 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 why questions, God. You are unfair, Father. I gave up everything for you, and now you're giving me nothing. But God gave me a dream, and, I, and I've shared this before. And the dream was one, one a night I dreamt, or not, it was in my quiet time, God showed me that I was standing in front of thousands of young people and people. It was a mixed crowd, and I felt the fire of God burning in me and preaching loud. I mean, I could see how people's lives are changing, and I had this in my heart, and I knew God is calling me to this, but I held on to this. So I could go back and just go back running. I could just make if nothing is happening, deny everything, and just put up posters all my life. Or I could buckle down and say, okay, Father, what do you want to do? You want to empty me? Then let's empty Let's to go for it. Let's go for it. See, so many of us are right now on the down curve. And you've grown. It was amazing. It was awesome. God is amazing. Now suddenly things are not happening. My business are going, it's tough. I'm asking some asking questions. Lord, I'm not experiencing you like I used to. Like where, where are you? When I opened my Bible six months ago, man, I could hear your voice. I could, I could feel that you're leading me. I could get that scripture in my heart. Man, I've, I'm so excited. Now suddenly I don't hear your voice. I feel you far from me. I, don't, I, I struggle to pray. You're in the down curve. You're in the down curve. And you know what? You're in that journey with God. You're in chapter 1 of Habakkuk. You're in chapter 1 of Habakkuk. You are in that down curve. You're in, you're in this dip and you don't know how. Lord, how am I going to get out of this? You see, chapter 1 is all about God. Where are you and what are you doing? Where are you? See, that's where Habakkuk was. Exactly there. Where are you? What are you doing in my life? So let's finish quickly this morning. And I want to show you God's response. Because he moaned. He he fought back. He wrestled with God. He said, Lord, how can you? But what is God's response? Look at God's response in verse 5 to 8. Habakkuk 1. It says, the Lord replied, Look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. And I thought, Habakkuk went, Yes! God is going to do something amazing. <laughs> yeah. Lord, I thought you lost. I mean, I thought I lost you. Hey? I mean, Lord, where are you? Next verse, the Lord says. Next verse, I am raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer every land. They are no notorious for their cruelty and whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than the wolves at dusk. Their chariots charge for f from far away like eagles. They swoop down and devour their prey. And God actually said, I'm going to send the Babylonians to destroy you. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Lord. We were just at the nice verse that says that you are amazing. You're going to do something amazing in our lives. Now suddenly you're sending the worst people to come and destroy us. That's terrible. Now thinking that God finally will come through, Habakkuk realized, oh, God has a different plan. He's got a different plan for me. The thing that I thought... I'm not seeing. Things that I hope to see, I'm not, it's not happening. 
Now God says, Habakkuk, your people are corrupt, but I will send a worse nation to destroy you. How bad can that be? I mean, it can't get any worse. <laughs> Think about it. So what do you do when you're in the middle of chapter 1 and you're on a downward curse and you're not sure what to do? Lord, where are you? I'm not experiencing you like I'm struggling through this pandemic stuff. Fear is gripping my heart. I don't know how to, how to, how to place this thing in my life. Now, I believe that, and this is what I want you to get this morning. I believe that a committed believer, someone that's in love with God, can at the same moment can believe God, stand in faith, and yet be a little bit unsure. Listen, because we, we, we punish ourselves. Lord, I feel unsure. There's some doubt coming in. Oh, somebody need to pray, pray for me. Listen. It says, I believe that a committed believer, you, you're not here if you're not committed. At the same moment, we can believe God, we can stand in faith, but we can still be a little bit unsure of what we believe. Can I prove that to you? Mark 9, you can go and read it. A father comes to Jesus. His boy is dem demon-possessed. I mean, it's been hectic. His life has been hectic. Every time the demon manifest it throws the boy into the fire the father runs and grabs the child save his i mean he's, he's went through hectic stuff in his life he saw the worst of the worst and he saw jesus say hey jesus i heard that you can help my son and jesus says i'm your man i can i can do that and then jesus asked him the following he says but do you believe listen to his answer he says i do believe but please help me overcome my unbelief. <laughs> Did you hear that? He says, man, I believe, but please help my unbelief. I'm still a little bit unsure. Because what I've seen, what I've experienced, what I've gone through in my life has been hectic. Lord, I believe you. I trust you. <laughs> man, I've got some questions. I've got some questions in my heart. So let me ask you again. Can a believer have both faith in God and still have questions, not being totally sure of what they are faithful. I think we can. It's a part of our journey. It's a part of the journey of faith. It's a part of how we grow from faith to faith to faith, like Paul said. Look at Habakkuk 1 verse 12. And this is where, where things dropped for Habakkuk. It dropped in his heart. Suddenly, he had a shift of seeing all these bad things. God comes and said, you know what? I've got you. What I'm dreaming about you is incredible, but at first I'm going to send the Babylonians to destroy you. And then verse 12, Habakkuk 1 says, Are you not everlasting, my Father? O Lord, my God, the Holy One. We shall not die. He says, O Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. O my rock. You have marked them for correction. So here comes Habakkuk. He asks questions while conf confirming, affirming the greatness of God. He says, Lord, you are the Holy One of Israel. Me and my family will not die. But you are the rock, but still you have sent judgment on us. See, there was a change of wrestling with God and embracing Him. And said, Lord, your plan is greater than this. See, Habakkuk says, Lord, I believe but it is difficult. <laughs> it is difficult. It is tough. 
This is how many believers at this point are at this point right now. You're on that downward curve. You, you in Habakkuk 1, chapter 1. And you're asking questions. But you believe God. You trust Him. But still there's some questions in your heart. Say, Lord, why can a loving, good God ask questions, do things like that? Lord, why are you not doing more? Now maybe some of you ask, like, okay, Annie, what's the great ending? We need to have a good ending, though. <laughs> we have a good ending. Unfortunately, I don't have a good ending today. Either chapter 2 is not really a great ending. You see, chapter 1, Habakkuk is wondering, Lord, where are you? Why are you not fair? Chapter 2, there's a change of heart. In the end of chapter 1, there's a change of heart. Now Habakkuk is waiting on God. He's waiting on God. We'll speak about that next week. But then chapter 3, you see, when you get to chapter 3, like Habakkuk, he's on the downward curve. You're in chapter 1. You're in a dip in chapter 2. But in chapter 3, if you stick with God, if you stick with Him, and you come to that point that no matter what you see around, you believe that God is good, and He's got a plan. That's chapter 3. And you get out of this thing, and God will take you to a higher, more incredible place than you've ever been because you have gone through the shadow not, not the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. You've gone through that place where you ask questions, which is okay to ask questions. It is okay to ask questions. Said, Lord, why are you doing all this? And Habakkuk had a change of scenes because he knew God's heart. You see, it's, it is not what we see with our eyes, but what we end up believing in our hearts regarding the matter. See, if you look with your eyes every day on the news, CNN, social media, look at everything that's happening around you, it will have a tremendous effect on what you believe in your heart. But if I settle what I believe in my heart, that God is good, that He already conquered death and every sickness, that I might see things around me, I might, be, I might have a sound mind, I would wear my face mask, I would wash my hands, I would still have questions, but I have a thing in my heart that I nailed that thing down, that God is good in my life. And he's got a plan. See, that's important what we need to hear this morning. And what we believe is that God is always in control. Do you believe that? No matter what's happening around you, God is in control. He always has a plan. I mean, I went through some stuff in my life, me and Salome, and I thought, Lord, yo, what are you doing? Do you actually have a plan with this? <laughs> Sometimes God just says, do this. I was like, oh, okay. Lord, I'm doing this. Lord, are you here? <laughs> Lord, I'm doing this, but do you have a plan here, Lord? I'm, I'm busy doing this, Lord. Can you hear me? I'm, I'm, I'm moving, Lord. Do you have a plan? <laughs> have you ever been there? See, that's where Habakkuk had come to. He was moving and he said, Lord, I hear all these things. I'm on the downward, I'm in this dip. I feel that everything I believe in, I'm seeing nothing around me. Everything is corrupt and evil. Where are you, Father? And suddenly he had this moment, this epiphany. I said, wow, my, my God has a plan. He's my rock, my salvation. I will not die. Lord, what is your plan? I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. So what do you do when you are in chapter 1? What do you do when you're on the downward curve and you're in chapter 1? You do the Habakkuk. What is that, Henny? You embrace God. You embrace Him. Just embrace what He's doing in this moment. Because what He's doing through this moment will amaze you. 
Sometimes we just look at the things around us now at this moment, but we just need to do the Habakkuk. Do the Habakkuk. Is that, Lord, I'm embracing your plan for my life. I'm embracing this moment in my life. When you sit and you don't have a car, maybe you don't have income, or you don't have food today, or you're not, or you're not healthy, like, just embrace him and say, Father, I know that you are true. You heal. You provide. You, you are the incredible, most, most awesome, most efficient God. But I'm in this moment at the moment. Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Help me in this moment, Father. Help me so that I can again pray and know that you are there. Help me again that I can actually open my Bible. And most of the time, don't feel like it. But I'm going to read this Bible. I'm going to trust you because I know that I'm doing the Habakkuk. I'm embracing you. (laughs) I'm embracing you. I'm embracing this plan. Lord, this is my need. This is what I think you've called us to do. You've called us. Lord, you spoke. You provided. Now this thing just needs to fall into place, but it's not. Now you start questioning God and said, okay, Lord, I'm feeling like I'm in a bit of a dip. What do we do? We embrace him. We do the Habakkuk. So we may wrestle with God and say, Lord, I don't understand, but I embrace you. And you know what? I will never let go. And if if there's anything that, that, if you've heard nothing this morning, I want you to hear this. That's how we do the Habakkuk, because we embrace him and we never let go. No matter how much, how tough, how hectic the situation or the time is we're going through, I want to be back to normal. I don't know about you. Lord, when are you going to kill this pandemic and this virus and all this nonsense so we can go back to normal, see what we want to do, go to the movies, go, I mean, do things that we always love to do. When are you going to think, Lord, I'm embracing you in this moment. Because I'm deepening my relationship with you. I will go through this dip, or like the whole church, the whole Christian faith are going through this dip at the moment. But you know what? Some will go back, some will deny, and some will say, I will stick to you, Lord, and I will go through this thing. And I will proclaim life over everything I put my hands to. I will proclaim life of my business and my family over everything. And I'm going to go through this thing. And as I'm coming out of it, you're going to take me to a deeper, more intimate, more special place with you than ever before. Can I pray with us as I'm ending? Father, I thank you this morning that you are in control. Lord, I thank you that no matter what dip or tough thing or struggle we go through in our relationship with you, that We know that when we embrace you and we stick with you, that you're going to bring so much more into our lives. Lord, I pray this morning that you speak to our hearts as we go through this series. And Lord, I thank you that that we know that you are in control, Father. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.